This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. The lights are off. Everything is quiet. You're ready to sleep, but your racing thoughts are keeping you awake. Sound familiar? If your thoughts won't give you a rest, it might be time to talk through them in therapy. Visit betterhelp.com super to give it a try. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. Could Luna actually be right about the Crumplehorn Snorkak? Hey, brother. Guys, today I want to discuss one of my favorite characters in Harry Potter, Luna Lovegood, and how I think she might be correct about way more things than anyone in the story is giving her credit for. And I'm not just talking Thestrals here, like we know she's right about those. I'm talking Nargles, Raxperts, Humdingers, Snorkaks. Because really what's so fun about Luna is how she is constantly alternating between dropping like really uncomfortable truth bombs and then just spouting what seems to be unbelievable nonsense. Keeps away the nargles. And as a result, you just never know when to take her seriously. Like, how can she be so perceptive in some ways and so out of touch in others? How do I look? Exceptionally ordinary. Well, here's my take. What if she's not? What if she's just misinformed or recognizes the truth, but then jumps to the wrong conclusion and just trusts her gut? Muggles think these keep evil away, but they're wrong. Because if nothing else, Luna is very self-assured, which is possibly her most desirable trait. I mean, half the time, I don't even know what I think about anything. No, you know what? Actually, I do know this. You add milk to cereal, not cereal to milk. About that, I am positive. And I'm also positive that Luna might just be one step ahead of us all and that more of her beliefs might be grounded in reality than we ever realized. Today, we get to the bottom of it all. Okay, so the fact of the matter is that while Luna is known for her quirks and believing in things that don't exist, there are plenty of times where she is the only one in the room who has a clue. I can see them too. You're just as sane as I am. The first example of this happens right after Harry first meets her, when suddenly he can see the Thestrals. In the moment, Harry is not sure what to make of Luna being the only other person who can see the Thestrals, because up to that point, she's been pretty odd on the train. Even Hermione thinks Harry is mistaken. Nothing's pulling the carriage, Harry. It's pulling itself, like always. How does Hermione not know? What is even in Hogwarts a history? But the fact is, Luna is correct in this moment. She can see the Thestrals, and while she doesn't go out of her way to explain to Harry why they can see them, they are there. Luna is right and everyone else is wrong, and it's not the last time. When they discover the veil later on in order, Hermione says, There aren't any voices, Harry. But Luna says, I hear them too. <laughs> and this one's wild. I mean, plenty of people believe that they will see their loved ones again in the afterlife. But in this instance, Luna goes on to be proven very extremely, literally correct about one of the most mysterious things ever. Death. Because after Harry goes into the forest, he does see Sirius and his parents and Remus again after he uses the Resurrection Stone. Which, speaking of, the Resurrection Stone is yet another thing that Luna and her father believe in while everyone else laughs at them. The Resurrection Stone is one of the three Deathly Hallows, which most people in the Wizarding World just consider to be part of a fairy tale, but which she and her father believe is 1000% real. Once again, it's Hermione who's disagreeing and she goes pretty 
pretty hard on this one against Harry and Ron. Despite the fact that they literally already have the invisibility cloak in their possession. Boy, Hermione is really not batting a thousand in this video. I think she heard you. Because once again, Luna's faith prevails with not just one, but all three Deathly Hallows being extremely real and also extremely important to the plot and defeating Voldemort. As is yet another one of the Lovegood's wild beliefs, the Lost Diadem of Ravenclaw. Lost Diadem of Ravenclaw? Hasn't anyone heard of it? quite famous. Which, to be fair, this one was at least historically known to exist, but most people don't think it still exists. The Lovegoods, however, maintain faith in its findability. But either way, it's their interest in the object and their attempts to recreate it that gives Harry his only foothold on what the Ravenclaw Horcrux might be. And he's correct. Think about that. Two of Voldemort's Horcruxes are not even believed to exist, and yet Luna knows of and believes in both of them. But I hear you. Just because Luna's right about some things doesn't mean she's right about everything. And you know what? I'll give you some ground there. I do think there are some things that Luna's just wrong about. Like, I don't think Cornelius Fudge was going all Sweeney Todd on a bunch of goblins and baking them into pies and stuff. But... I'm not putting it against Fudge. I think he was making Fudge. No, I'm just kidding. But I do think there are a few things that Luna is lampooned for that actually do exist. We'll start easy with one of my favorites, Loser's Lurgy. I tell you. As a refresher, while commentating, Luna claims this is what Zachariah Smith is suffering from and explains his poor play. And it falls neatly into the category of not many people believe it exists, but they can't prove it doesn't, which is like the love good sweet spot. Here's the thing though. In sports, there is an actual unexplained phenomenon known as the yips. The yips are when an athlete can suddenly and inexplicably no longer perform the basic skills within their sport. Gymnasts lose their spot in the air, tennis players can't serve over the net, pitchers can't throw strikes, the list goes on. And mostly it's considered a psychological condition, but what causes it in certain athletes is just unknown. And the fact that it's unknown and that there isn't an explanation lends itself well to the wizarding world because maybe the explanation is magical. And that's what I think Loser's Lurgy is. Which, sorry, that might've been confusing. I don't think Loser's Lurgy is magical. I think Luna is just describing the yips. Magical or not, it's just an unexplained phenomenon and wizards don't have a word for it. That or Zachariah Smith just sucks at Quidditch. Also believable. But let's move on to why you're really here. All the beasts Luna claims are real. The blibbering humdinger. The crumpled horned snorkack. Nargles. I suspect Nargles are behind it. This whole situation is such a funny juxtaposition to me. Like here in the real world, you might be laughed at if you believed things like unicorns or dragons or narwhals were real. But then you go into the wizarding world and all of those things are real. And yet they have their own versions of these things that they think are too weird to actually exist. Like, how can Hermione, of all people, have such a hard time believing in these things when she grew up in the Muggle world and must have thought things like unicorns and centaurs were fake? By the way, if you just went down there and left a comment telling me that narwhals are real, <laughs> oh boy, you have not been on this channel long enough. Narwhals aside, let's talk about nargulls. We don't get any description for what this creature is supposed to look like, but according to Luna, they infest mistletoe, stole her papers and shoes, and can be repelled by a butter 
starter beer cork, which she wears around her neck. So it's not a lot to go on, but the fact that they could infest mistletoe without you being able to see them suggests that they are very tiny, like insect-like creatures, which is pretty fitting because here in the real world, you actually can use corks to repel fruit flies. Apparently, natural cork is a perfect deterrent as the cork material absorbs moisture put off by the ripening fruit and activates a fragrance from the cork that fruit flies are none too pleased about. Well, I'll be. And in case you're wondering, yes, mistletoe does attract flies. So I think when Luna says nargles, it's kind of like loser's lurgy. I think what she actually means is fruit flies, which to be fair, are super annoying, if not a genuine magical nuisance. Honestly, it reminds me of Mr. Weasley's fascination with muggle artifacts. He simply does not understand how they work. And so as far as he's concerned, they basically are magic. What exactly? is the function of a rubber duck. What Luna's doing is just employing a misunderstood mogul solution to a non-magical problem that does still exist in the wizarding world. Wizard or mogul, the less you understand of something, the more magical it often appears. Well, you guys, the fall season is coming in hot this year. And I mean, I mean hot, like it's, it's like still 90 degrees outside. But if you're like me, you're looking for convenient, wholesome meals to keep you full through these jam-packed days. And if you are, I gotta tell you, today's sponsor, Factor, can provide just that. Their ready-to-eat meals are chef-prepared and dietitian approved and delivered right to your door so you can save time and stay on track. Healthy track, that is. Seriously, with Factor, you can skip that extra trip to the grocery store and all of the prepping and chopping and cleaning while still getting amazing flavor and nutrients. Nutrients! Plus, the meals are ready in literally two minutes. So instead of hours in the kitchen, you are literally in and out in minutes. And, and they are a great solution to the dreaded recipe slump. You know, when you get into that routine of making the same four to five meals over and over and over, and you're just like, again, I'm getting pretty tired. I'm getting pretty tired of these tacos, you know? That was a bad example. No one ever gets tired of tacos. Getting pretty tired of this chicken breast, you know? better example, great example. But Factor has over 34 choices weekly, plus every week they rotate new ones in. And it doesn't matter what your dietary needs are either because you can choose from calorie smart meals around 550 calories or gourmet plus options where you can basically have fine dining every night of the week if you want. And this is pretty cool, they're an extremely sustainable choice as well. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions. They source totally renewable electricity at their production sites and offices. Even all their seafood is sustainably sourced. So really it's a no brand and if you want to get started, you can head over to factormeals.com super50 and use promo code super50 to get 50% off. One more time, that is factormeals super50, promo code super50 to get 50% off. Link is in the description down below. Next up, let's talk about rack spurts, which according to Luna, float in through your ears and make your brain go fuzzy. These are tricky because apparently they are invisible. So obviously they're hard to see or well, no impossible to see. But Luna apparently has the answer to this via her famous spectra specs, which allegedly allow you to see these creatures. And you'd think wearing the spectra specs and then not seeing the rack spurts would be enough to dissuade her, but no, Luna sticks to her gun, so maybe she actually is seeing something. But, and this blew my mind as I was researching this video, the real proof actually comes at Bill and Fleur's wedding when Harry is talking to Victor Crumb. The two of them are watching 
watching Luna dance, and Crumb is confused by this like random arm movement Luna is doing above her head, but Harry tells him, probably trying to get rid of a Raxpert, said Harry, who recognized the symptoms. I like how when Harry talks to other people about Luna, he just deadpans it all the time. But the important thing is here that a few minutes later, Kingsley's Patronus arrives to the wedding to inform everybody that the ministry has fallen. And the very next sentence is used to describe how Harry is feeling. Everything seemed fuzzy, slow. I checked, and this is literally the only time in the entire series Harry is described as feeling fuzzy. So you have Harry apparently joking that Luna's warding off Raxperts, but then the very next page, Harry is feeling fuzzy in his head. Coincidence? I think not! I know what you're gonna say, the ministry just fell, it's a lot of bad information, chaos is erupting around Harry, obviously he feels a little fuzzy in the situation, okay? But the proof is on the page! The word fuzzy is only in Harry Potter three times. Wants to describe how Raxperts make you feel, and wants to describe how Harry feels moments after seeing Luna attack a Raxpert. Another time, I think, to describe, like, someone's slippers, Neville's. Moving on, next up we have Heliopaths. According to Luna, they are fire spirits and Cornelius Fudge has a private army of them. Now, this one is interesting because first, I do not think Fudge has said army and two, I actually don't think Heliopaths are real. Sort of? What I mean is, I think heliopaths are just easily explainable as fiendfire mistaken for a living spirit. Fiendfire, as a refresher, is the cursed fire that is summoned in the Room of Requirement and ultimately destroys the lost item of Ravenclaw. It's extremely dangerous, and one of the unique features about it is that it takes on the form and shape of, like, large, deadly creatures. So it's not that fire spirits don't exist, it's just that Luna has misclassified them as living creatures rather than as a curse. But now let's tackle the big ones. Crumplehorn Snorkax and the Blibbering Humdinger. We get extremely little information about the Blibbering Humdinger and it is definitely not taken seriously. And yet, at the very end of the story, Luna is able to successfully distract an entire group of people by pointing one out so that Harry can sneak out of the Great Hall and finally go get some sleep. But what's curious about that to me is that it works. Like, People get up to go look, which at least suggests that people aren't certain it isn't real. So maybe in the wider wizarding community, there's more faith in this one than we actually realize because mostly the person we hear bashing it is surprise, surprise, Hermione. But as we have established, Hermione is wrong about what Luna is right about all the time. Most likely, I think both the Blibbering Humdinger and the Crumpled Horn Snorkak fall into a category of fantastic beasts that have been, and this is my own word, scamandered. By which I mean they are actually a real beast that is either rare, endangered, harmless, legendary, or misunderstood. And as such, Newt Scamander, author of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, has either misinformed or uninformed the public about where these beasts are and how to find them. And if you've seen the Fantastic Beast movies and then also perused Newt's apparently official textbook right here, you might have some idea of what I'm talking about. Newt loves beasts more than pretty much any other thing or person in the entire world, except Tina, this girl here. But seriously, he loves beasts. He loves studying them and protecting them from what he considers to be the most dangerous beast on the planet. They're currently in alien terrain, surrounded by millions of the most vicious creatures on the planet. 
humans. And as we watch the movies, we see that time and time again, Newt is uniquely good at not only finding, but connecting with various magical beasts. And yet, some of the biggest and most magical and unusual ones he encounters are not included in his book. For example, in Crimes of Grindelwald, we are introduced to the Zowu, you know, like the giant cat that can jump through warp holes, probably the poster beast for the entire movie. Yeah, well, it's not in the book. <laughs> Leave that in. The same goes for the Chillin in Secrets of Dumbledore, this extremely rare and powerful creature that can determine the purity of someone's heart. Not mentioned. You see the problem? We know Newt knows where they are and how to find them. So why isn't he writing about them in his book about where beasts are and how to find them. Secrets of Dumbledore opens with him on a bamboo raft down in who knows where, finding that chillin'. South America, I think, I don't know. Cause that's the point of his book, right? No, it's not. That is Newt's grand deception. China, that's where the chillin' was for what it's worth. Newt's grand deception is that it is your belief that it is his intent to tell you that exact information when actually it's the exact opposite. What he's really trying to do is protect the creatures he knows the wizarding world doesn't really know that much about by not telling you where to find them or just letting you believe they don't exist at all. Now, it's certainly not a foolproof system because certain magical beasts are just way too well known for him not to include them, but he ends up using that to his advantage. If they're widely known, he just gives you tons of information about them because that gives him credibility. Thus, you don't doubt him when he fails to include something or just straight up lies about what something looks like, like the manticore. I'm sorry, but this, this picture in the book does not match what we see in the movie. Like at all. And you might be sitting there wondering, well, that's good and all, Jay, and I'm totally on board with your nuke theory. That's top dollar. But what does it have to do with Luna? First of all, thank you so much. But what it has to do with Luna is that she literally marries his grandson, Rolf Scamander, who, much like his grandfather, is a magizoologist. So Luna, a known searcher of certain fantastic beasts, marries Rolf Scamander, the grandson of the world's most famous magizoologist, Newt Scamander, who consistently left information about fantastic beasts out of his book. And then apparently, according to certain interviews, Luna goes on to just start accepting that certain things don't exist. Yeah, mm-hmm, sure, yeah, I would believe that, except that that doesn't sound like Luna at all. I think what really happened is that Luna marries Rolf Scamander and suddenly is in on the entire joke, that the two of them do go on to find the Snorkak, the Humdinger, and then just publicly renounces her belief in it in the name of protecting these extremely rare, hard to find creatures. Crumplehorn Snorkak? Confirmed. But there you go, guys. Everything I think Luna is actually right about. But the question is, what do you think? Are Crumplehorn Snorkaks real? Let me know in the towel section down below. Guys, thanks so much for watching today's video. Don't forget to leave a like on it if you haven't already and subscribe so you don't miss any future Harry Potter action from us. If you want to see Luna's big secret, how she's actually slowly turning into a wolf. Yeah, you heard that right. You can check out this video right here. But otherwise, Ben, until next time, I will see you in another life, brother.